What's up, Ragnar Runner? I am Sarah Albanawi, and I am a Ragnar Relay Ambassador. Consider me your top resource for your travel tips, packing, team building, or information about the venue, anything Ragnar. Find me at Sarah Albanawi on Instagram. Save 10% at registration by using my ambassador code SAAMB22. Hello, and welcome back to the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today we are talking with Sarah Abanawi. She is a Ragnar Relays ambassador. And today we're going to talk about the Ragnar Trail Colorado, which is held at the Snowmass Ski Resort. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Um, hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. This is a really exciting race to talk about. I've done it twice. This was your first time. And I'm really looking forward to sharing some stories. So why don't we uh, talk about how how did you prep for the race? Well, um, coming from doing Zion, um, I actually asked a lot of people who have done Lake Colorado. And then they were like, oh, the altitude and the elevation is a little bit better, but it's higher. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But for me, I had a plan for Zion and worked, and I actually followed through with it in Colorado, which is altitude pills. I got it from Amazon. Um, I started taking them like four pills a day, like 24 hours before flying and taking it throughout and also oxygen bars, um, which I learned from Zion, you're not supposed to fly it. It's illegal to put it in the, in the luggage. And so I bought it from there. From They sell it at a gas station. What's an oxygen bar? It's like a like an aerosol like can that has oxygen. It's very weightless. Like when you carry it, you feel like it's empty, but it has like two hits of like pure oxygen. Okay. Um, and you just like kind of put it near your mouth and your or your nose, and you just like take a deep like hit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you energy and. It gives you oxygen in your because like when you're going up in elevation, that's like you're having a hard time like breathing through your lungs and getting enough oxygen, and that's I think what get people like dizzy or like you know oh, yeah. sick, feel sick and um, so imagine having to deal with that and then running up a mountain so to me I think that was the main thing to be on top of and of course like for packing I usually have to try to make sure that my luggage that I check in that has like my tent and my cot and uh, that's under 50 so I usually have a carry-on that's halfway empty sometimes I have to like empty my <laughs> my yeah. luggage to make sure that I um, you know I'm not like overweight uh, for luggage and I have a backpack so I mentioned that I go to school too so like my backpack usually has my books and my laptop um, I'm excited for my next one I have a break from school so I don't have to bring any books anyway. oh my goodness yeah <laughs> so I um Colorado is I haven't tried the oxygen, like a little oxygen tank, which is which is awesome because the two times I did do it, the altitude, which I'd say is about a thousand feet higher than Zion, right? Yes. Because you camp, I think it's seventy-two yeah. or seventy-five hundred feet, and then for the Red Loop, you go go up to nine thousand, like ninety-two or something mm -hmm. like that, right? And it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So, um, travel there. You traveled from. How, how about your travel plans? So I went from D.C. So it was, a, I think, a straight shot from IAD to uh, Colorado, so Denver, Colorado, mm -hmm. not Aspen, because it was, first it was cheaper, and then my, it wasn't, the people not on my team, they're from RWB, and like I like kind of made plans to drive with them. Um, from the airport to the venue? From the airport to the venue, but for me, because I, I woke up here at 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. to make my 6 o'clock uh, flight and then I made it there by 730 their their time in the morning in the morning and then like everybody else wasn't showing up until 930 and then 10 o'clock and then the person that showed up at 12 actually his luggage was lost so we had to wait until like five o'clock when like the third flight that had the luggage we got it from there and then we we were like talking about going to Dick's and get him like a new gear right. <laughs> but but we waited and then we ended up like the people that have the car like the van they went to get food and stuff and then we went um we just kind of drove there we made it by nine o'clock instead of like five um but you know yeah, that, you got to deal with this the, you know you could the logistics in running a 5k or the logistics in running a half marathon somewhere it's like show up with your shoes and racing shorts and your, your jersey or whatever 
But going to a Ragnar in your hometown, that requires, you know, a pop-up canopy and all your kit and your camping or you're doing a van one. But the logistics are just, are just they're higher for doing a Ragnar. But doing a Ragnar where you literally travel to and you have to pack every piece of gear and you know that you're going pretty remote. Um, the things that can go wrong, there's just a higher list of things that can go wrong. And I've heard about lost luggage or missing bags and things like that. And that's... That's freak out time yep. because you got a whole team ready to pile into cars and head out to, um, you know, it's about three, three and a half hours. Three and a half hours, yeah. It was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful drive on Interstate 70. It goes through Glenwood Springs. And the way that I did it my first year was I went out uh, about two days early to kind of acclimatize. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, and, and then I stayed in Glenwood Springs, did some hiking. Um, I actually did a little bit of whitewater rafting, just trying to get used to the elevation and I was really nervous because I'd never raced at a high elevation but then the the ride from Glenwood Springs to Snowmass again some of the most beautiful majestic landscapes I've ever seen yeah it is yeah. beautiful I was actually in Colorado yesterday oh yeah I, was, I landed <laughs> this awesome. morning on a red eye and now we're recording in in Falls Church um, so How I, was your trip? I, it was really good. I was just, I was just out there. I just, I uh, took the friends that I was with on part of that drive. We didn't oh, quite nice. get to the, um, Glenwood Springs as far as Silverthorne and just the, just being back in it was just really spiritual. I, I can't really it explain is. it. It's, it's, a, it's a moving situation. So why don't you describe what the uh, venue was like for you? So the venue was, um, I don't know, it's, I like it, but it was weird because like, you know, some people were setting up at a soccer field and then there's a softball, softball field. Like uh, I did not go there. That was like a little bit further out. Right. Um, but then the village itself was a little bit smaller, but it was right next to like a rec center mm -hmm. where you can actually go to the pool and shower. You only like pay $10 to have access to the rec center, which is nice for me. I did that after my first run. Um, but the village was nice. Of course, there's like um, vendors and there were like um, food trucks and stuff. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. For me, like Ragnar is yeah about the run, but it's also about like meeting new people and like you know the camaraderie there is just amazing. And like you see people that you've seen in other Ragnars, you see like staff, and you meet new people that have done Ragnar for the first time, and it was just just awesome. Yeah, that's fun. The um, so the the two. If I remember correctly, and I've only done it the way that I've done it, I know that might be a second area, but you pull into the small parking lot, and they're really hustling you in and out of the parking lot. Yes. For some reason, at that race, they're way more aggressive than at other races when it comes much to smaller. unloading your equipment. So it, it, you unload your equipment on this like top of this little hill. It's probably only a 30-foot high hill, but it's pretty steep. Yeah. Is that where you were? Or were you on the over by the soccer field? It was a soccer different, field. So like, a different drop off over there. Yeah, but it was they were still hustling people too. Like there was yeah. one of our runners. Her dad was there, and he's like, "Why is he mean?" And I'm like, well, "He's trying to do his job." <laughs> yeah, and the, so when so that's on the soccer field, and I feel like the soccer field is closer to where the glamping is. Yeah, and then large groups like RWB. Yeah, they were there. Which they is were the team the you're on, right? Yeah. That's why I figured that's was kind of reserved for the soccer field. Bigger groups getting to be able to camp all together. Yeah. So under the entry road, you go into this little tunnel, which is actually on the race course. On the other side of the road is a large softball field. Okay. Might even be two softball fields. But that's where like the real gen pop, you know, refugee looking camp is. That's where everybody <laughs> sets up all their camps. And when um I'll tell you a funny story. The first time I did it was I think five years ago, maybe maybe four years ago. We got set up on Thursday night, and uh, you know some groups do a little bit of beer drinking. Some groups are nervous and they're just kind of getting ready. Some people have that nervous energy and they don't know what to do. And yeah. I was in a group that had quite a bit of experience, so we, you know, drinking a few beers. Everybody's hanging out, but you know you pass out at you know runners midnight around nine thirty, ten o'clock, and um, I remember I was sleeping. And I heard what sounded like a fighter jet going over. Oh. Like, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then it sounded like a few seconds later, then it sounded like a, like a, a transit bus was stopping like, <laughs> and then, and then you heard another like jet fly by. Like, was that somebody sleeping and snoring? <laughs> well, I, I, I was so asleep. I wasn't, wasn't sure what I was hearing. And then I started to hear multiple like 
like it almost sounded like something with a jet landing. And I was like, this is so, <laughs> what is this noise? Because I was really good deep in a sleep. And then I started hearing people kind of hollering and yelling. And then people near me were hollering and yelling. And you oh. heard it kind of go on this like trajectory across camp. People were freaking out, zippers opening, everybody screaming and yelling. I guess whoever runs maintenance didn't turn off the timer on these like industrial sprinkler systems. Oh my God. So these little round caps that are in the grass <gasps> that are green, you can't even see them. They pop up about a foot and they pump out big volumes of water. Oh my God. To water the, the softball field, you guys field are, that we're camping to, oh. on. So it would pop up inside of people's uh, pop-ups. Yeah. It'd pop up inside people's tent canopies, like the little, little vestibules. So it's like shooting into they're they're into oh their, God, tents. their tents oh, uh, man. it popped up underneath tents and so what you were hearing with the was the the water shooting against the side of canopies oh. and tents and um some people were smart they just happened to have like a five gallon bucket they went and just sat on it but still it was trying to push the bucket off and then took about 25 minutes for people to figure out how to turn the water off oh my god but that was you talk about Ragnar just messing with you. Like the weather was perfect. It wasn't too whatever. And then certain teams just had all of their gear just mega soaked. Oh man. Yeah. And, that's and the um the Ragnar management was really, really, really good to the uh the teams that had all their gear just get smoked. Because oh, when it's all soaking wet, and you know how it is. I I'm, I'm, maybe it was it was it, cold. It got down to like thirty one. Yes, it was cold and at night it was like, you know, winter cold. Yeah. And uh Man. But that that was a, that's a funny. I think it's a really funny story, and it's a, it's a testament of how how just dumb things can go wrong on on a Ragnar adventure. Unexpectedly, right? Oh my god! Right. So. So what did what did you said the the Ragnar team was nice to the the management staff. Yeah. I won't say what they did. I heard what they did, but it was it was way above and beyond to make oh, sure they had nice. what they needed to do races. If you could imagine the gear store. Oh yeah. So oh, it's that's like, awesome. I think they, they helped them out with a bunch of oh, gear. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the the Ragnar staff have been, like, phenomenal. Like, I was, um, I did, like, five Ragnars in 2021, and people were, the staff were great, but this year, they're, like, really going above and beyond. Like, every person that I met, every person that I talked to, like, they have done, like, they've gone the extra mile to, like, help people and be there for people, and it was just an amazing. It just makes it that much better you know it is an amazing organization for sure it's, it's 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 always nice to see those sort of people um let's get into um i guess uh the race report let's describe tell us how your race went like what was the plan did it go the way you hoped it would what runner what runner number were you so i ran with a team called running with an attitude from a different altitude um we were all <laughs> by like sea level almost um and then trying to attempt this. Um, so, yeah, our captain kind of like also did like you guys did, was be there like about a week early, and he was just trying to acclimate. But he got really sick when he started running. Mm. Um, I don't think he was taking the altitude pills. I think <laughs> I think that's my little secret. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> know about those, so that's awesome. Actually, when uh, somebody was talking about Zion like a way back, before like Ragnar even started, so there was a long thread on Facebook Ragnar Live where people talking about like what you should do and then somebody mentioned the the altitude pills and I was like, Oh my god, that really it was really helpful. That's um, great. to me. Um so go back going back to the course, like I was runner one and I think that was like that's an advantage. Like first of all you don't wait. You're the first one out. Um and our <clears throat> team started at ten o'clock and I did green. So green was um the shortest um, I don't want to say it's the easiest, but it was the shortest out of the three loops. It was 3.8 miles, and it's about a little, a little less than two miles going up, straight up. Um, so you go through, like, the neighborhood a little bit, and then you go, it's just kind of basically the elevation kind of goes crazy. And then you, but it was, yeah, like, it's little... like a dead end, and then <laughs> like a, little, a little trailhead, and it's, like, sandy, and it's so wicked dry. and But it's not... It's not like a casual hike. No, it wasn't. Right. No, it was. You're you're going up, up. There's no joke. There's no joke about going up. But I feel like um, it was. I don't know. I think that I took a couple of hits of like the oxygen bar. Like and I'm like, okay, that I should have had it with me, but it worked out. The sun wasn't too hot. It was about to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but I learned from Zion 
to because you're going up, you're losing oxygen. So no charging, just take your time going up. So I did that, but I, I did as fast as I can. I didn't want to like just kind of like you know <laughs> lollygag. But then once you hit up, like you hit the peak and you start going down, it's just straight downhill, and it's just like you got to be very careful how you step for your knees, and you just try to be careful with that. So my chiropractor kind of told me like take smaller steps. That doesn't help with the speed, but I tried as much as possible to go to it's make totally, up time. Basically, that's totally right. Some of the um, the, the backside of green, if I'm remembering correctly, because sometimes they change the colors, and sometimes they change the course. But the backside of green shared the downside of red, red right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's meant for mountain biking. Yeah, it's meant for downhill mountain biking. Mountain. So you're doing these like switchbacks mm -hmm. downhill that you feel like you could be really fast at. Yes, but, there's but, a, no. but there's a lack of air, and you're even running down here. You're like, whew. But the, um, it's almost like it's carved for the mountain bike tires. Yes. So like sometimes your, your right knee is kind of higher than your left or your yes. left right left. Foot. You're doing like that kind of like catty corner, yeah, like you're running. Off, yeah, you're like off camber <laughs> running, and it, it really will mess around with your knees for sure. Yeah. So and actually, I thought that they will like stop like the mountain bikers from coming but they were actually they just had a sign for them saying like um just be careful for runners or something right. um so yeah I had, like i encountered about four of them and one time i had to move away for them and then the other times they actually waited for me to go um that's so nice. that's the one thing kind of like to think about when you're running in colorado because like mountain bikers will be out there did you um did you have your first run in with what i call a mountain predator there's, there are athletes out there that, like, I guess just live on those mountains, and they run the way you and I run back here at home, but they run that way out there. And actually, I think one, I didn't, I don't think I encountered one, but like one of our, one of the people on our team was like, "I'll be there 25 minutes." I'm like, "What?" He yeah, was, those he are, was, yeah, they're that's... like built for the mountains. Like yes. the mountains have chiseled them into these <laughs> super strong. Yeah. There was a guy on my last team. Last year when I went immortal, mm -hmm. um, my buddy who lives out there, he, he says, do you want to bring in some ringers, some really fast runners? I said, sure, dude, whatever. Let's get this thing done. Because yeah. he built his half of the team and I brought my half of the team. Yeah. We had a guy out there doing 630s. Oh, my God. But yeah, I was like, bro, <laughs> you, that's, that, but that's, you know, if, you, if you've never been around that level of cardiovascular fitness, they're just machines. Like, yeah. A guy passed me on red and I felt on an uphill. I felt breeze come off of him. Yeah. He passed me that fast. I was like, wow, that's that's an amazing kind of athlete right there. Yeah, that's so, crazy. anything else about uh, how green went for you? Um, honestly, I really enjoyed it, I think, uh, because I did it right. Other people like him, I was like, oh, my God, that was hard. And I'm like, what? I really enjoyed it. It was really awesome. And they're like, oh, my God, come on. Like, really? I'm like, I feel like I did everything right. I enjoyed it. And so, yeah, so I think the, the, the consensus on, like, the green loop in Colorado is, like, different. Um, it's a little bit hotter because of, like, you know, the up, up, up in the beginning. But it's a very, like, it's short. By the time you're like, oh, my God, it's hard, and then you're going downhill. It's so. I would, I would rate green at Colorado the tied for third hardest loop okay. in, in the entire series that I've done. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. There's a few others that are harder, but it, it's tied for... So I, I would say that the green loop for difficulty is as hard as the red loop in West Virginia. Oh. Like, I put them in the same... Well, yeah. Because the red loop's I longer agree. and more technical, and the green loop was groomed, but really hard climb. And a real slap in the face coming off of a, running down a, a flat paved road. I, I do Just agree. to go into straight uphill. You're like, whoa, okay, this means business. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say that would be... Number one tie. Th I would say three trails tie for third hardest. I agree on the hard part. It is challenging. I'm yeah. not saying it's not, but I think I was taken by the beauty and like everything around me. Like I, I think Colorado for me and Jenny actually told me that story before I went there, and I agree that it is a very spiritual experience. Yeah. The run, going up the mountain, and you know, um, I don't know. It's just it was just crazy amazing and beautiful and i think that contributed to my opinion about it not being as challenging because i feel like if you're in emotionally and spiritually involved in that you are 
it's it 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 makes of a higher experience, high vibrational experience. I feel yeah. like so. Well, it's important to remember that the piece that I think helps you be successful is that you were kind to yourself on this one. Absolutely. You didn't you didn't like push the pace. You didn't say, okay, I'll run the first two minutes of the of the hill and then I'll start to go to a walk run walk run but not even realizing it's just non-stop straight up and even it when is. there does come to a section that maybe you could run mm -hmm. you're smoked because you don't have any air and you're like I might be going too hard and even taking it easy is like it, it was still it was hard. not yeah it was hard even taking yeah. it easy I'm not gonna lie but I'm like an overall experience for me was that's great. awesome yeah yeah all right cool so what was the next lap so the next lap was the red loop which is what time, honestly, what time of day uh, it was about uh, six o'clock when I. It was about to like the like I watched the sun the sunset from the top of the mountain. That's amazing! Was, oh my God! So the red loop was the ultimate spiritual experience for me because like I was going up on like you know like no problem well, like hold, you know. hold on break, break it down though so because I'll fill in the the pieces that you miss okay so you come out of the shoot. I came out of the street, you go under the tunnel, right. and then you, you pass the softball field, which like I felt like they were disadvantaged because they were far away from the village and right. far away from like you know all the you know crazy that's happening. <laughs> you go up a little bit of a hill so you can see the entire... Yeah, the so whole. you go through, I think, the, a little bit of like the golf course, and then you go into... Well, hold on. So the go I, I remember this so much vividly because I took a beating out there. It was hard. <laughs> um, the golf course is paved in direct sun like if you're out there on the middle of the day yes so it's a little paved kind of like a cart trail i guess or a, yeah. a bike trail and it's, it's got rollers you're yeah. up and down on some hills that in your hometown aren't that tough no but in colorado it's it's setting you up for the next the next turn so i can i can you know imagine how hot it is if it's midday but for me the sun was already behind the mountain oh wow and um i actually ran with the aerosol like the oxygen bar and i was like i wasn't even like you know when you start running and it's like you know in the middle of the people you're trying to go fast or whatever but then like as soon as they go from under the bridge to like go up up a little bit and that was just not even going into the neighborhoods because the yeah. neighborhoods it's just like it goes steeper and steeper I was just running out of air already, and I'm like, you know, just, you know, taking hits of that oxygen, but I'm like, it was a huge, and I was running with it. It was weightless, but yeah. still, I'm like, you know what? It was worth it, and I, I took, like, goo, and, like, beginning, I'm like, I need, I need to push. I need to push, so, um, and then we, you cross the road, and you go through the neighborhood, and it goes steeper and steeper, and even the people that pass me, and, like, they're running, running, and, like, I'm like, oh, I see them walking. Hello. Right. <laughs> Because there's no break. It's just you're going up, up, up. It's very steep. But the easy part about it is that it's a pavement. You're not, like, dealing with, like... Ask. When I was there, it was half paved and half dirt road. Oh, uh, it was actually... like So, like... Was it paved all the way to the cul-de-sac where, where the water was? Well, it was paved all the way until the dead end, dead end where you go up to the yeah. switchbacks. Okay. So it was, yeah. It was paved last year, too, but the year before that, it was that was still dirt and gravel. Yeah, and then, you know, they had that... Um, what is it called? The post that says red loop on it. That was right there. The totem, yeah. The totem. So um, I, I stopped and I took a picture and I'm like, okay, I didn't know what was coming. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's go. Yeah. And then there was the ridge. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I started. So you end up on what would be, I guess, like kind of a wide single track. Um, yes. Right? And then you see like the mountain like kind of drops each on well, both hold sides. On, hold on. You're getting to the good stuff too fast. Describe what the trail was like, though. The trail, like a couple rocks, a couple roots, so it wasn't technical, right? But every time you'd step, it was like a poof. Oh, my God, yes. A poof of I dust. I forgot about that. The poof of dust, it was just, yeah. But it wasn't, again, I don't want to say, it's not as bad as Zion. Zion Zion's is like dusty. when you step, it like goes straight to your lungs. This one is just like closer to your foot. It's not even like kind of coming out, but it's it's still like dusty. I'm not gonna say. Um, but the beginning was fine. I was I was enjoying it. There's enough like kind of bushes around me to not feel the drop, and so, and of course like the sunset was beautiful and it was amazing. And I um, kind of like passed a couple of people. A couple of people passed me, but it was just like. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I started to like feel the height when the bushes are less and less, 
and you're seeing more of the drop of the mounting on both sides and it's in your peripheral vision as you're running so you feel like you're moving it's it's crazy it's like you're running on top of the world <laughs> and, it, and it's the, the drop off is probably 50 to 60 degrees yes at an angle i mean it's at an angle and it's like you're going up and up it's a ridge and you're going up and up it's, it's not stopping so like you have an incline on the red for about 3.4 3.5 miles mm -hmm. that's and, right yeah so and then it was it was beautiful but how, then, about, how about the false summits Huh? So like you think you're at the top, you're like, okay, I can see the top. That's the highest point. And as soon as you get but there, there, it's like there's more. You're up. like, oh no. <laughs> you're actually like, once you start going down, you're shy of the tip. Like you're like, you see it. You like, you know, if I want to climb it, I can't. But I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, I used to have like like real extreme like phobia of heights, and I thought I was over that. But then. Running up that ridge brought everything back. Like I had to stop, and I'm like, knock it off! Like knock it off! You need to keep going. And like I was so scared. And then I remember Jenny mentioning something about the wildflowers on the red loop, and she said something about like her spiritual journey. And I'm like, I heard her cheering me on. You good girl? I'm like, oh my god, Jenny, where are you? <laughs> and I was so scared because I actually heard her. Like I heard. Her like cheering me on. It's either me like her saying that or like I don't know. It was an experience, and I reached to the the extreme fear that I was like I'm not gonna keep going. I don't know how I'm gonna go down that mountain. I was so scared, and then there was a spirit there that kind of like carried me through. I heard runners come before they even like you can hear them or see them, and I kept like oh I'm moving, and as soon as I moved they pass. It was just like crazy something carried me through that that's and so cool it was just it was i don't know it was crazy um because it was it was like a growth experience for me i'm like oh my god like so now i'm scared but i have to keep going and then and i didn't do it alone and i'm like i don't know uh i appreciated like jenny's like kind of like telling me what she told me it's like maybe help me through it i don't know like and she i heard her like hearing her was like crazy to me and then I kept paying attention to the wildflowers and then after I came back and I told her about it, she was like yeah every time I was questioning if my mom was there to see it or not I saw the wildflowers and I'm like yeah they were kind of an anchor for me to like look for them and they were so beautiful like in the middle of like you know the dust the poofy dust that you're talking about it's like kind of like brownish the flowers are like so vivid the colors the yellow and and the purple and the white they were so beautiful so it's, it's almost like a, a beautiful flower in a moonscape yes because exactly the part she's describing right now is a very it's very exposed. So yeah. was there wind coming up the, the cliff at this time or no? There was some wind, not a lot. So like, sometimes when you're out there, the wind comes whipping up that bare face yes. on the cliff. And I would say it's a very dramatic 500 or 600 foot, would you say? Yes. Drop. Mm -hmm. But it's not a straight down cliff. No. It's like something that you, you, if you fell, you'd probably live through it. It'd be really banged up. Yes. So it's like, it's like dramatic. But it's really high and exposed. Yeah. And what's neat is the other side isn't. So it's no. only really on one side, but the trail keeps you there. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it's just like somebody told me 3.5, and I'm like, I kept looking, and I'm like, ah, oh, 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 like, you can make it. And then one guy kind of passed me, and he was like, ah, oh, and he had his arm up in the air. And I'm like, I feel the same way, but I can't do it. I'm too scared. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was tough. And then uh, coming down, Actually, my light won't stay on my head, and so I couldn't see. And people were like zooming by me. I twisted my ankle twice, like getting out of the way for people. I'm like, and then two more people are trying to come. I'm like, please go around me. I can't see. I'm gonna twist my ankle again. <laughs> I felt so bad because, like, you know, they're going fast, and I don't want to like kill their momentum, but I don't want to hurt myself either. So it's just kind of like, you know, this. Did battle. you hold the headlamp in your hand? I ended up like I was trying to wear it differently and, and then it was just like not it was bouncing all over the place so like I was just kind of like frustrated by that time but I was trying to keep it together I was like I'm gonna finish it I'm gonna finish it I'm gonna finish it I, I finished it like like 20 minutes later than I actually really wanted to but in my mind at some point I'm like I wasn't gonna move like I was so scared Carson, yeah oh. the um the downhill on red is more like it's it's like 
almost like casual running. Like you think it's going to be extreme, but it's like after you hit the summit, yeah, you just drop down a little that. bit and then you just kind of just running through some woods and then it opens up a little bit and you're running through like... Yeah, and you're about like a mile and a half merged with the green, so like you kind of know what you're doing right. by that point. Uh, but not having light and then the sun has gone already down and I was like, oh my God, like I was really struggling, so... But I eventually made it and gave the bib to the next person. Well, hold on, let's 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 make this a learning a learning point here. So, what would you tell somebody who's thinking about doing any Ragnar or Colorado or an Immortal Journey? Um, what would you tell them about uh, headlamp? So I actually ended up right now buying a new one because the headlamp needs to be fixed on your head, like it cannot be moving because you're actually. Bouncing. You're bouncing. You're bouncing. And mine was like, I, was, I bought it a long time ago. but And I bet it was good. But for me, like I'm like, uh-uh. I need to get something that's just like really like fixed on my head, does not move. Or like, I actually do have a chest light too that oh, has yeah. like the the kind of squid colors lights. But oh, I use that for road. I'm right. like, oh, I probably don't need that. I needed it. Because it would it would have been like pointing at my like where my foot is going. And that was helpful going downhill and trying to, if I wanted to go fast in the dark, it was just like, and I don't see really well in the dark either. So that was like, oh my God, I'm like, am I going to get through this? That's amazing. That's an amazing <laughs> challenge. If I, if I was to give advice for a headlamp, I've done quite a bit of running in the dark. I, if I'm cocky, I don't carry a second headlamp, but if I'm prepared and smart and doing the right thing i'll actually carry a second headlamp like in my pocket yeah um or in a little pack like for a race like that i probably would have had a hydration pack with me i had a hydration pack so yeah. i would have had the second light there and but... then it's superstitious for me if i'm using a headlamp that requires like triple a batteries every single race gets a new set i don't care how oh, absolutely how new <laughs> i think it is because I'm not trying to. Ha I ha fortunately, I never had that happen to me on Ragnar's. But you've heard that stories about people losing and light, like, them, yeah. and I'm like, boy, that sucks. <laughs> you don't have light in the dark. So, what a great experience getting over your phobia, hearing Jenny cheer you on, and having some sort of spirit lift you up and carry you through the the last what half mile, which yeah. is just earth shattering on red. And oh then, God! And then to have another punch come where your headlamp goes out. Or sorry, it's not stable. It's frustrating. I'm not gonna lie. As soon as I made it, and I gave the bib to the next person, I like cheered her on. I went to the medic tent because, like, with my shin splints, like healing, I need to ice them after every leg. I sat on the chair and I sobbed. I was crying like a baby, and I did not know why. That's amazing. And the guy's like, "Are you okay? Can I help you, Miss? Miss, are you okay?" And I'm like, "I don't know why I'm crying. I just feel like I'm gonna cry." That's it. Yeah, that happens after, you know, super awesome, challenging things that you get through. I, I, I've cried three times after races. It's, it's, it was either so hard and I failed, like I was trying to do ultra a couple yeah. times and I would fail. And I, it would be such a release of emotion that I would get a little, little cheer, a little tears come down like, oh. And so then, I walked back. I walked back, and I saw like JC. He's from like RWB, and he, he's my friend. And I'm like, and he like I hugged him, and I started crying. I'm like, I think I'm afraid of heights. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, I have to go run. Well, I hope you feel better, whatever. And then I ran to like I go to my camp and I see my team, and then I was like crying, telling them the story, and they're like, Are you are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. I got through it, but I was scared. That's. <laughs> What a crazy experience. I'm sorry. I was that, just no, like, it's so good. I was, yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, and then are you going to be okay running your third? I'm like, absolutely. I have <laughs> no issues. I'm scared of heights. So I gotta, and then I have like, I've done a lot of like self work, like on like self development and um, meditation and all that. And I learned little things to help me with, um, um, with my fear. So I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the EFT tapping. Um, and I used that on the yellow loop when I was up on the ridge to like, you know. Let's um, talk about yellow. Oh, yellow. <laughs> the wonders of yellow. I did that in the morning. And then it was just... Um, so you got a full night's sleep then? I got a full night's sleep, actually. You. If you want to call like 12 to, to 5 a full night's sleep. Yeah, it's considered that in Ragnar. Yeah, <laughs> well, why was it 12? Because hmm? you went up at sunset. Oh, so I came back by 9... 
9.30-ish, 9, 9.40 is like when I came back. But I like changed and I ate and I, I didn't sleep until like 11.30. I slept at okay. 11.30, so it wasn't bad. Um, and, and it was also cold, so like it was just kind of like... You know, you don't sleep as well like when it's that cold. Anyways, sure, yeah. even if you're like warm enough. And there's no know. air. And there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no. I, in my trip in Colorado this past weekend, my watch was t- t- telling me that I was stress. I was under stress. Oh. And I wasn't yeah, even no. running. Yeah. I wasn't as high as you guys were, yeah. and I, I wasn't actually running. I was in a hotel. Yeah. And it was saying that my body was under stress due to the elevation. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. So on yellow, it's um. Pretty good climb on yellow too. It was a good climb, but also yellow. I don't know. I mean, again, like I was, I did, I did it at like six o'clock in the morning, so the sun was like barely coming up, so there's no heat at all, and um, it was. Um, Does it still have a golf course start? Like so you, you down yeah, the road you to go through course? like you go through the same tunnel. So the, for red you go right, for the yellow you go left, and then you go, like you still on like sidewalk basically pavement until you hit that you know creek. And you turn into the creek, and that's when, where, like, the golf course is a little bit. And then there was, you go around the mountain from the bottom, and then you kind of make a U-turn and come back onto that paved street. You're still on pavement this whole time. There's not, like, a lot of, like, some gravel when you're kind of crossing the houses. But you're still on street, like, pavement. So down, I'd say, what, mile one point, mile and a quarter, you're... You're on that downhill section, kind of going back down to where you almost started, and then you'd pull that U-turn. Are you saying the U-turn? Yes, the U-turn. That was like, paved up the hill? Yeah, and you go up the hill. Oh, that was like, dirt the last few times I did it. <laughs> it was paved. And then you just like, and so you turn up into the mountain mm-hmm. to the right before you kind of like go back onto where you came from. Yeah. And I think that was when you, that's the coming back for the yellow. Yeah. Um, and then, so when I was going up to the mount, to the ridges, you can you see the people coming down from the yellow, and I saw uh, Mike. Uh, I think I told you his story. The he's like have only like twenty percent vision from one eye, and he was running with a dog. He was with RWB. Oh my God, this guy inspired me so much. And I'm like, I just heard his story, and I saw him on the course, and I'm like, go Mike! I was so excited. I was like, wait, you gonna runner? And I'm like, it's just like that part. Tell, tell the story. So Mike is, so he's, uh, you know, he only can see like 20% from one eye. So he only sees like shapes and forms and he had, he runs with his dog. Um, and then when they were like reluctant to let him, like the, the staff were reluctant to let him run by himself. So he ran the yellow loop first thing with a, another runner just to make sure that he like kind of just make sure that he's safe. Uh, and then he came back and he said, I memorized the course. And um, he ran three more loops. He did the same yellow. They made him run the three loops. And he refused to be in any category or disabled. He doesn't want to be looked at as his dis- disability. Yeah. And he just was, for him, it was amazing that, that, that he was able to do it, to finish a Ragnar. And um, I was, to me, every time I see him, I'm like, I should not be complaining. Like, I have my full, like, senses. And I, I can just keep going and I cannot complain oh my god just seeing him like and thinking about him it's just it's just inspires me and it pushes me to like want to do more and do better so that's really cool that's a good perspective yeah all right so I guess what we'll wrap up with is um let's go ahead and rate this race based on um some of the key categories like travel or difficulty and stuff like that so how would you rate the tra- uh, travel from the DC or from the east coast um it was I don't know it was are we doing from 10 or 5? Well, the travel... The travel was not bad. It wasn't bad until the <clears throat> your colleague's luggage was lost. Yes. Yeah. So, again, it's hard. It's yeah. considered hard. It's considered, like, you know, really going out of your way. But, honestly, Colorado's worth it. It's, it's very um, difficult to get there. Or, like, it takes, you know... Uh, if you yeah. want to spend, like, extra money on, like, going... Flying into Aspen, which is, like... You know, a oh, lot. that's only for private jets, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The the prices for the airplanes, like, it was just like crazy, and I'm like, why is that a lot? So I, we flew into Denver, and it just was like a little bit more reasonable. It's not much. Well, and the drive from Denver to to Snowmass is absolutely beautiful. It it's totally beautiful. worth it. But I you have to it. like either rent a car, or, like arrange with a lot yeah. of people. But like a lot of people were going to to Ragnar from Denver, so. 
you know, um, I think it's doable. Once you kind of like set your mind to do it, it's doable, but it's hard. It is considered hard nice. to travel. And then for the course. Well, what I did my first time, like I said, I went out early and I rented a car. Um, and I, when I left Snowmass, I came out uh, and I went kind of a different way around through Leadville and through Independence Pass. So I think that kind of race when it comes to travel, even though it's harder, similar to how people handled Zion, was they did a little bit of, I know some people, I'm not sure if you did, but they um, did sightseeing before and yeah. after. And like they kind of make it more of a vacation-y type of Ragnar compared to a go get it done, get home kind of Ragnar. Well, yeah, a lot of people did that, but for me, I have very limited vacation time because I'm doing Immortal, yeah. uh, so I just basically went there Thursday, left on Sunday. Yeah, if you don't know, Immortal is 12 Ragnars in one calendar year, and so, yeah, travel, sometimes you're like, I just need to get this done and get back to my yes. life. Yes. <laughs> I get it. All right, so like, uh, let's talk about difficulty. So far, you've done six so far for this year? Uh, so no, I did five. So this was my fifth one. This is your fifth one. Okay. Yeah. So of the five, would you rank this the hardest? Um, I think Zion is still like the hardest. And then this is second. Second hardest. hardest. Yeah. Nice. So like Zion, I rated six out of five. This is, this would be a five out of five. Um, okay. And I think it is difficult, but I think this, the, the beauty that it's sensational there, like the spiritual, aspect of it really made it very very like it really helped me with the difficulty got me through it of your of all the Ragnars you've done would you rate this near the top or what how would you rank it out of the what how 12 you done yeah uh, uh no i think i did 10 okay so far how would you rate this one it's my favorite really it is my favorite i love it like you know john Ragnar has challenges. Each one has challenges. Even like, you know, Richmond is not, it's, you know, easy for people who run all the time, but like for somebody who doesn't really run and does like, a, like a, a Ragnar for the first time, Richmond has its challenges too. But this one comes with a challenge and in a spiritual experience and the, a growth. Yeah, the I views. Feel like. It's, it's, Ugh. the only word I can use is majestic. It's just so exactly. majestic. Yeah. That's the right word. Thank you for saying that. So what else, um, what did we miss? Was there something else you want to talk about? Um, so I've met a lot of people. First of all, I want to mention, you suggested to me to have like a shirt that says Ragnar Ambassador. And I actually added to that and I put my code. And it was a conversation starter at the airport, at the Ragnar Village. A lot of people came up to me and they're like, oh, can I take your code? Like, what does it do? And it's a 10% of, uh, of any like registration. They're like, this is our first Ragnar. We want to do another one. So thank you. Um, and also, like, I don't know, it just, there was a lot of people in Colorado that had deferred codes from 2020, so there was their first Ragnar, and like, we, we talked, we had really good conversations. Um, and one of the teams there, um, they just had bride on, on like, their, their canopy, and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, it's a bachelorette party. I'm like, oh my God, so the bride chose to do like her bachelorette party at a Ragnar, like, I'm like, that's amazing. That's like dedication to running. And every time I was like, where's the bride? She was running. I'm like, is she running most of the loops? <laughs> like I finally saw her, which was awesome. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention, I actually saw someone that looked like you. I'm like, are you secretly here? I think I posted on Facebook. Right. Yeah, I saw that guy. <laughs> he was very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And I also saw a fake Amber. I like, I haven't posted that. I saw a fake Amber and I took pictures of her. <laughs> That's so funny when you see people like that. Yeah. That, that, that's really hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you personally, I think that the two hardest Ragnars I've done is Rainier and, and Colorado. Oh, Snowmass, Right. And it's because I, I'm just not that well trained. Uh, Rainier was a total failure because I, I got really sick after the first lap. Oh. Just didn't even, I couldn't finish my next two laps. Is the elevation higher for Rainier? It's actually not, but because there was a little bit of sm smoke from the forest fires, that was affecting. I heard that. Um, and it affected about seven people around me also. Oh, so man. it was different teams just had people that went down. And I, I didn't realize it was altitude sickness, but the race in snow mass was absolutely worth it because of the views. So no matter how much 
you thought you were trained, no matter how ready you thought you were. And everybody takes it serious, or they should. Um, <laughs> when you get there, it's it under promises and over delivers. So like you think, oh, the course is running down neighborhood road on green. You're like, what is this? This is boring. This is like a sidewalk yeah. to a paved road, and then you come to a wall. You have to like hike up. You're like, whoa, this changed real quick. It got really serious really fast. And then wondering when it was going to finish, but stopping to breathe and look back over and you can, you, you gaze down over the entire village and it's mm -hmm. quite high. Um, it's, it really is. I would say it was my second favorite of all of them just because of the majesty of it. Yeah. And then tied for second would be Rainier even though I couldn't finish it, and the Miami um, sunset. Miami sunset. Oh, I don't. I don't that think fact, they have the sunset anymore. No, it doesn't exist year. anymore. But yeah. it was. It was pretty dynamite. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, well, actually, on the green, it says one of the signs that they have. It says "Look up," and you look up and you see that mountain with the snow. Every time I'm like walking or running, and I look up and I see the mountain. I'm like, am I really here? That's yeah. like so. Like seriously, majestic is the right word. Yeah. The majesty <laughs> and the. The over delivering because each one of the courses starts out kind of weak. Yeah. Like oh, red is like oh, I'm on a cart, a paved cart trail for like a mile, boring. And then he goes into neighborhood. You're like oh, great. Now I'm running past people's houses. You're like oh, and it's kind of steep and it's paved, boring. And then boom, yeah. you got to deal with about a mile and a half of a ridge with like two false summits, and like it's moving. Everybody has moved on that. And I'll say one thing that's neat, too. I'm not sure if you could see it from the soccer field campsite, but from the softball campsite, you know, if you're a runner like six, you can actually sit in your chair and you can watch the first runners on red and you can actually see these tiny little bobbing jerseys up on this ridge. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, that's that's really high. That's That's crazy. And the other thing that's neat from camp is when you see it, I find it to be magical. And they also, I also saw this in Texas, is you could see where the headlights would merge with green and green red. red. Oh. And you'd see them zigzagging down the mountain, all yeah. the headlamps. I also saw that, that happen. In, no, you um, couldn't see that from the soccer field. Oh, you couldn't? No, yeah. I was not. Like, I was wondering if you can see it. Because like, when I was running up red, I kept looking back and seeing how far the village got. And then until it was out of sight. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I took a picture. I know it's like in that area is a village, but you can't see it from a ridge up yeah. there. So. And I, I would say, um, let's say somebody lives wherever and they do, let's say Michigan. <laughs> the Michigan Trail is mega easy. Like it's fast. It's sandy, but it's fast, right? And if you're there, you're like, oh, I want to get into more Ragnars. Your crown jewel probably is Ragnar Snowmass. Now, I haven't done Zion. Right, and everybody says it's just kind of tough. You get to do it once in your yeah, life, right? Yeah. Maybe, and then, <laughs> and then, um, but like for me and my journey, and me getting my immortal and all the races that I did, I feel like the the crown jewel was really snow mass. It's funny that you mentioned Michigan Trail. It's my next one next okay. weekend. Yeah, I'll enjoy that. I'm <laughs> just gonna coast <laughs> after Colorado. You're just gonna coast through it. It's gonna be. I'm looking forward to like the break, basically, but I want to enjoy it. But see, like... Ragnar messes with you, right? No matter what, Ragnar will find a way to mess with you. Not race organization and not the Norse god. It's the, but the course. The spirit of Ragnar and the whole logistical <laughs> nightmare that the entire sport is. Um, that was the easiest course, and it rained every single second of the race. Oh, man. Not a hard rain. <clears throat> just rain. And it, everything's just wet. And I mean wet the whole time. How was the weather when you did Michigan Trail? That's what I'm saying. It rained. Oh, it, it, was it colder? Like, because if it's cold and raining, there's different than raining and it's like tropical, like kind of weather. It was in the middle. It wasn't okay. bad. Like I was running basically just a regular shirt. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but yeah. I, I mean, there's so much more to share about Ragnar, Colorado, but I think we kind of tied this up. What do you think? Yes, I think so too. I loved it. And honestly, that majestic... That's is the, the word. right word. Yeah, it's majestic. <laughs> well, go ahead and um, plug your your ambassador stuff and how people can find you on social media, you know, um, just to follow you on your journey. Because it's very exciting, and you're at number five. 
I am at number five. So you're almost yes. halfway there. So, um, yeah. So, again, I'm Sarah Albanawi, and I'm a Ragnar Relay ambassador. Consider me um, your top resource for travel, tip packaging, and uh, team building or information about the venue, anything Ragnar. You can find me at Sarah Albanawi on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can save 10% at registration by using um, my ambassador code SAAMB22. So it's my initials S-A and an ambassador A-M-B and then 22. You want to shout out to anybody from the Colorado Ragnar race? Oh, my God. I can't even <laughs> begin. Rattle off a few names. There's a, a Alex Doctor, like he's uh, He was the announcer there. There's Sarah Talley. She's like an ambassador as well. Right. And she's from, she was on HQ staff. Uh, Lisa Salmon, she's one of the new ambassadors as well. Uh, uh, James Smith, he's like an ambassador from 2020. Did you um, see any other immortals? JC uh, Sarfarth is one of the immortals that I know of. Uh, James and Shama Smith, they're both doing immortal. Um, I think I have Amanda Whitaker, she's an immortal as well. Um, I don't want to forget people. There's Ken. There's no way. Look, don't worry. No, I'll, just, I'll just stop you. So if I stop you, you're not forgetting. I just stopped you. That way. It's like, but I was like, it, it's always fun to call people out that you had a good time with. Yeah, absolutely. I had so much fun with like a lot of people. I met new people and the old people that I've known. It's yeah. just amazing. I love it. All right, Sarah. Well, Ragnar Ambassador, Immor Immortal Journey. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this, Kevin. Great. Great job. What's up, Ragnar Runner? I am Sarah Albanawi, and I am a Ragnar Relay Ambassador. Consider me your top resource for your travel tips, packing, team building, or information about the venue, anything Ragnar. Find me at Sarah Albanawi on Instagram. Save 10% at registration by using my ambassador code SAAMB22. Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances, like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, we operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, we, pri we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com.